Welcome to Thriving with Mental Illness, a podcast with real talk, an open and honest conversation about issues surrounding mental health. There are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. I'm Mikkel Buck, author, public speaker, and suicide survivor who's lived with mental illness for over 20 years. And with me is my guy, Adam. Hey guys, welcome back. This is the beginning of season two, believe it or not. I know. Welcome back, everyone. We've missed you. <laughs> we, we have. It was nice to take a break for the holidays. It's always yeah. a little stressful and people coming and going, and especially this year with COVID and all sorts of craziness going on. But uh, we had some fun. We did have some fun. While we were away. Do you want to? Yeah. We had Sam and Max and Savannah came down for Christmas. Ella had to stay and work. I think we've told everybody she works at an inpatient treatment facility. So uh, they needed her to work over the holidays. So, and she needed to earn three times holiday pay because she is poor, poor, poor. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of the kids came down and one of our big adventures while everybody was down is we went canyoneering, which was so much fun. It was a whole day adventure and maybe people don't know what canyoneering is, but it's like rock climbing and rappel. I mean, it's going down through a canyon. So you rock climb and rappel and a lot of times you go through waterfalls and although it was dry this time of year. So we've done it before through waterfalls, but it was a lot of fun. Sam had a blast. He made some crazy climbs. I should post one so people can <laughs> see like crazy gifted and talented Sam is as a rock climber. So these are the things you can do in Arizona because we don't have snow. And it's 70 degrees. We hiked in a hoodie. Yeah. I was in shorts and a hoodie. Yeah. And uh, we, we got a little bit chilly when down in the canyon. when Because it, it was in the shade. In the I shade, think everybody but... feels bad for us and wonders how in the world we live here when I'm like, it's 118 degrees outside. <laughs> this is why we live here for moments such as this. So that was fun. Um, also, you are personally going through a bed change. <laughs> is that the exciting part? I don't know. I am. Something. I was starting to feel some severe side effects. I've been on the same med regimen for probably 12 years and it's been working really well and I've been feeling really well and I've been dragging my feet because I didn't want to make a change. Anyway, I'm going through the change. So it hasn't been that fun. My heart goes out to everybody finding meds because here I am again going through the change and titrating up and titrating down and not feeling my best. And like mental illness didn't feel hard for a long time because my meds were good and I was managing it so well. But after the holidays kind of hit and that's I usually have to recover from that. But then going through a med change at the same time, it feels really hard again. So so yeah, just a shout out to those that are experiencing med changes, and it is miserable. Um, it it's, is. It's difficult, but it's temporary, and I mean, that's the, the good thing is you know what it feels like. Right. I know that meds can work. So in, in the beginning, like the first time around, it was scary. I'm like, why in the world am I doing this? I don't even know if this is going to work, but I was on meds that made me feel amazing for 12 years. So I know that meds will work. It's just a matter of like, now we got to go through and figure out what side effects can I live with? What can I not? So we've pulled the plug on a couple because I can't deal with the weight gain. My pants are too small. I have to change my whole wardrobe if I'm on this med. And frankly, I just don't have the funds to do it. So, And meeting with a psychiatrist regularly. Yep. It's just, it's not fun. But yep. uh, but we'll pull through on the other side, right? Yep. And eventually we'll get back to feeling good. But 
while we were away, you know, we continue to talk about the podcast and think about things. And one of the things that keeps coming back to us is the concept of the mental illness warrior. Um, you know, this is something that I think a lot of people that experience mental illness don't readily embrace. Yeah, I feel like they don't understand that about themselves yet. And I just want, like, I wish people knew how strong and powerful they were for getting through every day just the way that you are, you know, and it gets easier and the weight gets lighter. But this is a hard path. It's a hard road to hoe. And everybody needs to give themselves a pat on the back for a sec to just recognize like you're killing it. So. And sometimes every day, just getting through a day is hard. Uh-huh. Sometimes getting through the morning or the, the afternoon. Um, and so when you have to piece together years of that, I mean, this is somebody who is a fighter. Yeah. And I, there's a couple mental illness accounts that I follow. Well, a handful. I follow a lot of mental illness accounts and a lot of them post memes and some of them are funny and I share them with my kids and I laugh at them and some of them are serious, but there's some memes that I ran across that just like some of them really, really ring true for me. And so I just wanted to share a couple ones, you know, talking about the concept of a mental illness warrior. And the first one says, those who suffer from mental illness are stronger than you think. We must fight to go to work, care for our families, be there for our friends, and act, quote, normal while battling unimaginable pain. Like, it's a hella hard thing, you know? Who posted that? Just give them some credit. Suicide Awareness 78. Shout out. Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, you know, the definition of a warrior, I looked it up, uh, is a brave fighter. And the definition of brave is ready to face danger or pain. And that's what people do with experiencing mental illness. They get up every day ready to face yeah. pain. Yeah. Ready to and face And you difficulty. know, I posted my a couple of my playlists, and the one of them is for those hella hard days. And when you just, like, you really need to fight. And there's another meme that I like a lot, too, posted by Spoonie Diaries. And it says, I am a warrior, not because I always win, but because I will always fight. And that's... You know, on the hard days, you just have to not give up. Just one foot in front of the other. Like, you got it. <laughs> Sometimes don't focus on winning. <laughs> just focus just on keep fighting. fighting. <laughs> just fight. There's no messy. win or lose. <laughs> if you make it to bedtime, then you won. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so, I think it's, it's taken a while, really, for you to feel like you're a warrior. You know, at the beginning, yeah. I don't think you felt that way. No, I didn't. I felt, and again, this goes back to our very first episode in season one, talking about what mental illness is and really understanding that because there's the misconception that it's a weakness or lack of character or lack of trying, or, you know, you're not choosing to be happy or all, all of these cliched things that are absolutely untrue. It's a chemical imbalance in the brain. There's receptors in the brain that are not working right. It's a physical problem in the brain. And when you realize that, that you can work through this really hard thing with this physical problem that has nothing to do with trying hard or positivity or your character or laziness or any of these other things that sometimes people misunderstand mental illness to be, then you can really embrace the difficulty and challenge of it and, and recognize, you know, the strength that you have for getting through. Yeah. And the, the image of a warrior is someone that's powerful, that's, um, 
you know, it's a it's a positive image, I think. Yeah. Uh, a fighter, strength, and you know, I think a lot of times people experiencing mental illness feel weak. Mm-hmm. They feel defective. Mm-hmm. They feel the opposite of a warrior, wondering yeah. why am I not strong? You know, which is, and and that's just something that I, I think a, a mindset change that you've had, and I think for everybody to embrace that. That it is hard. You are strong. You are fighting. And you're a lot stronger than you think. Yeah. And there's there's another there's another meme. And I talk about this whole concept in my book. My whole last chapter in my book is talking about how mental illness has made me stronger. And this meme is from Mental Illness Fighter. And it says, remember, no matter how much it hurts right now, one day you'll look back and realize it made you stronger. And I 1000% believe this to be true. Like I am better in my life. Even though things are hard right now because I'm going through this med change again, my life is better with mental illness than it was without. I am stronger with it than I ever was without. Yeah. And this is something that the person experiencing mental illness needs to uh, embrace uh, but probably those loved ones, those surrounding them should not be saying this like, oh, this will just make you stronger. <laughs> no, you probably get slapped. Nobody else can say it. This is only something that I can come to the awareness all by myself, but nobody else can tell me this It's off yep. limits. It's like other people saying bad things about your kids. <laughs> You're allowed to complain, but nobody else is allowed to agree with you or say anything negative about your kids. It's like the mom rule. It's the same thing with a mental illness rule. Nobody else can say You'll appreciate this one day. You'll be stronger for it. Can you imagine during the uh, the difficult times and be like, you know what? This will just make you stronger. Oh, my gosh. That, that yeah. wouldn't go well. There would have been physical violence. So I'll show you, warrior. Let's just, I'm, I'm just giving a heads up to the people <laughs> out there. <laughs> That's just straight from me to the other warrior. No one else is allowed to comment or think anything about it. <laughs> So, yes, the thought of the mental illness warrior was something that we thought about. And then we started thinking about the people surrounding the mental illness warrior. Um, and there, we've decided there's three categories of people mm-hmm. that are non-warriors. Let's call them non-warriors. That's right. <laughs> warriors and non-warriors. We have warriors in the world and we have non-warriors in the world. Uh, the three categories of non-warriors we've decided are cheerleaders, which is uh, a category of non-warrior, uh, bystanders, and critics. Boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> so we like the term cheerleader. We, we've decided that that's a term that we like uh, because, you know, it really a cheerleader, you know, if you've ever played, you know, sports, they're on the sidelines, they're watching, they're not in the fight. They're in, yeah. Right? But they're engaged. They're invested. But they're, they're around. They've, they're willing to be there. They're willing to participate and and cheer you on uh, as much as they can do. But they can't get in there and fight with you. Yeah. And the warriors are the ones that are in there fighting. But cheerleaders can be positive. You know, you think yeah, about... cheerleaders make a difference. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> you were a cheerleader. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. It's one of the highlights of my life. Well, I remember, I remember uh, first time, you know, we met, then I, I saw you in your cheerleading outfit and it's very memorable, you know, at, in high school. At, 
that sticks out. Probably because I had giant bangs and I looked so hot. That's another picture. We <laughs> I did have giant bangs and I was so hot. Thank you yes. for asking. You're very cute in your cheerleader uniform. So, but really, what is what is your responsibility as a cheerleader? And to get other people excited, to get support garnered, to give the team energy. Really, like when things are looking down, like you're just trying to get everybody excited and everybody on board so the Warriors can keep fighting, you know? And I've noticed that the cheerleaders, they don't really critique the players. No. Like, uh, yeah, they shouldn't have done that. What are they doing? Why are they, why are they doing it that way? Nah, you're too busy cheering. You're too busy cheering. <laughs> yep. You can't be bothered. You don't have enough time to critique and to criticize mm-hmm. when you're a cheerleader, right? Right. So... So cheerleaders are enthusiastic and they're vocal about their support. You know, they're not shy. I mean, you look at the cheerleaders, they are loud and proud. <laughs> and they, Probably because we have tiny skirts on, it makes us feel unbeatable. Yeah. <laughs> they don't whisper their support under the bleachers. You know, they're out there. They got megaphones. They're just, you know, they're very vocal about their support. Uh, so that's a, a good description of loved ones. Um, who are vocally supportive. That... I feel like more than locally supportive, it's emotionally supportive. Yeah. You know, and like we kind of had, we've been talking about this all break. So because we've got other projects we're working on with this, you know, warrior and cheerleader concept. So the thing that I think makes a good cheerleader for someone who's a mental illness warrior is like a cheerleader believes you at face value and l- does what they can to help lift the weight because the weight is heavy. You know, it's hard. It's a hard path to go through, but a cheerleader helps you lift the weight and doesn't question, doesn't second guess, doesn't usually doesn't offer advice really is just there to support and lift the weight. Yeah. I think a mental illness cheerleader, number one has to get to the point where they understand the weight. They understand how difficult it is. And they develop a level of compassion for the person. Mm-hmm. And once you genuinely develop the compassion, then the other stuff comes naturally. Being yeah. vocal about it, being supportive. Well, knowing what to do, because sometimes people want to help, but they don't know what to do. But the more you get educated about what mental illness is, you understand what the hard things are through conversations and, and listening. Then, then you know when this person is having a hard time, these are the ways that I can help specifically. Yeah. And so the the cheerleader just says, you're doing great. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand this is hard. What can I do? And the cheerleader is willing to adjust. And and really just the the belief that they are trying their best. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for me. Like you always believed that I was trying my best. Even even when my efforts were pretty minimal, like way back when, before I was on meds the first time, before we had figured out what it was, you always made me feel like, you know, good job, babe. You're doing a great job. I remember you saying things like that to me, even when I had done very little, you know, you come home at the end of the day and I'd be in my pajamas and, you know, you're killing it. You're doing a great job. Good job, babe. Like that's a cheerleader. And I suppose it's possible for somebody, a warrior, a mental illness warrior to fight throughout their entire lives without cheerleaders. That would be hard. Wow, that's hard. That's hard. unnecessarily hard. Mm -hmm. So we need more cheerleaders. All right, that's the first category. Our second category of people are are bystanders. 
And these are people that they're not necessarily critical, but they don't really want to talk about it. They can't be bothered with it. They're not helpful either. They're not helpful. Uh, they, they, it's sort of like an elephant in the room. Yeah. Like they, they want to talk about everything but that and, and just, they would rather stay out of it. Yeah. I think you had an experience. I did. I was up, this was one of the trips when I was up visiting the kids in Utah and I was talking to somebody that I've known for a long time, but I haven't, I mean, obviously I'm very open about mental illness. I published a book. We have the podcast. I speak on it. I mean, it comes up in my everyday conversation all the time. This is something that is a huge part of my life. And so I hadn't seen this person in quite some time and, and they asked what I was up to. And I, I said, oh, my husband and I are doing this podcast on mental illness. I've been speaking on it. And like, it wasn't a long, I just said a couple sentences, but it was so awkward when we were done. And they're like, huh, anyway, and they changed the subject. Like it wasn't even follow up. It was obvious they didn't even want to have any type of conversation around it. It was so uncomfortable for them. Yeah. And I just wish that that was not the case. Like that's what we're trying to get out of is that whole mindset that it's taboo and it can't be talked about. I mean, a bystander is also not helpful. Even if you're not trying to do something, the fact that you're suppressing the conversation and saying that it's not okay to talk about is still harmful. Yeah. So a bystander doesn't really want to engage. They're uncomfortable with it. Yeah. They're uncomfortable with the topic. Yeah. Like they don't care. Like I can't be bothered with this. It's not that high on my list of priorities and it's not even high enough for me to care about or have a conversation about. So, yeah. And we were talking about this and we always like to compare <laughs> and I apologize to the people that have cancer because we're always talking about. Because it's a hard about... thing too. You are also warriors as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have cancer warriors mm-hmm. out there. Um, but we were just saying, you know, <laughs> Can you imagine having a conversation say, hey, so what, what's been going on in your life? I haven't seen you for a while. Say, like, oh, well, actually, I was diagnosed with cancer. And the person's like, huh. Anyway. Anyway, uh, what do you want to eat? You know, yeah. where should we go to lunch? And just totally skip it. Would anybody do that? I There might be people out there I that would do that. I don't know. I don't. There's nobody I've ever met in my life that I think would do something like that. Because what is the natural response? Yeah. Anybody. You have cancer. What happened? Tell me about it. Are oh. you doing okay? How are you feeling? Yeah. Yeah. And and so just the <laughs> what we're trying to do is just get the bystanders to to just engage. Yeah. You know, don't make it an elephant in the room. Don't make it uncomfortable. Don't make it a topic you don't want to engage in Uh, Mm -hmm. because the message you're sending when you don't want to engage is that it's not that important to me. It's not very important. No, I really don't care. Meaning I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. It's not important and I don't care. And which is not great. I mean, (laughs) uh, so, so that's a bystander. We have cheerleaders, we have bystanders. And the last category is critics, which are probably the most well-known uh, but critic, a critic is a person who expresses an unfavorable opinion of someone or something. Is that a dictionary definition? That's right. Good job, babe. <laughs> a person who finds fault. Uh, so a critic just wants to pick apart what people are doing wrong. And they have very strong opinions on the right way to do things. Yeah. They have, they have very strong opinions 
on what you should be feeling and what you should not be feeling, what you should be doing to address it and what you should not be addressing and or how you should not be addressing it. So this is the critic. Yeah. I remember Max coming home from his mission telling when he left, Sam was at one of his lowest points. So like this is when he had kind of stopped going to school and was in his room and we were figuring out meds. I mean, it had taken over his whole life and he wasn't able to do much of anything. So when Max left out on his mission, like obviously he grew up with me. He's watching Sam handle this first time. And he was out with another missionary and the other missionary was telling him like depression's not a real thing. Mental illness is just made up. And, you know, Max said, it's, it's actually not, that's a very real thing. And the missionary like, you don't even know what you're talking about. And went on for five minutes telling him how lazy people are and how ignorant people are. And, you know, it's just an excuse. I kind of wish he would have just beat him up. Honestly, <laughs> I know that's frowned upon, but like, it's having opinions like that. Maybe you, that's fine if you don't have experience with it, but if you don't have an experience with it, be careful being too opinionated about it because it just means that you don't know. And in this case, he was quite ignorant and had no knowledge at all about the topic, even though he was sharing really strong opinions. And I think that's what critics are. And unfortunately, there is a large segment of people that believe it's just not a real thing. Yeah. It's kind of a made up thing. Sort of the equivalent, you know, in in car accidents, you know, they uh, they have these soft tissue injuries, you know, and, uh, and sometimes people look down upon those because you can't really prove it. It's just somebody says, yeah, my neck hurts. Spoken by a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do personal injury, by the way, but I've heard this about personal injury cases. There are certain things you can document through x-rays and testing, but there's some things that people feel and because you don't generally get brain scans you can't compare them side by side mental illness is not something that you can see through blood work or through you know normal scientific data in front of you right like that's i think that is the same thing that's why some people are skeptical and if you can't see it on an x-ray it doesn't exist yeah if you can't see it you know and, and so that's the, the, the challenge, the struggle that uh, warriors with mental illness um, face is some people just don't even believe it's a thing at all. Um, and they just think that you should just try harder. You're making me mad just talking about it. I know. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you have any experiences? I mean, all the time there are experiences. You know, Max just came home from somewhere the other day and... And said uh, when he was visiting, he's like, I was just out. And this person just said, you know what? All you have to do is go for walks outside and then nobody would need antidepressants. I'm like, you know, I'm sure they were well-meaning. I I don't think that that was a vindictive statement. They weren't trying to be undermining or critical. But, you know, that's an ignorant critic. You're still a critic by saying (laughs) things like that. You just are, you know, maybe not on purpose. But there there are many critics. And it's frustrating when I come across that. And I... I mean, I had a handful of experiences like that over Christmas time, and I just felt like, so what more can I possibly be doing? You know, I published a book. We speak about it. We have the podcast. Like, what more could I possibly be doing to try to educate people to get over some of these ignorant and uneducated beliefs? 
Like, I don't know what more I could possibly do. And it's still so prevalent. And I wish people that would get educated and understand how much they don't know. Well, the hard part is we all do this. Our reality is what we experience. Right. And so if, you know, if, and I think what people do is they try to use their own life experience to interpret other people's lives. And so if, because we all have experiences where we're having a bad day, just mentally, we're not sharp. Maybe we're just depressed. Maybe we're anxious. Maybe we're irritable. Maybe, you know, whatever. And exercising might help tremendously. Going out for a walk might help. I mean, there are a lot of things that everybody, if you ask a hundred people, what do you do when you're not, when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling you know, irritable, what, what helps you change your mood? And they'll come up with a whole bunch of things. But the problem is they're talking about when they're sad, when they're agitated, when they're irritable, uh, that's not mental illness. That's a different emotion. That's a different thing. So people just have to realize it's a different animal altogether. And even if somebody with mental illness explains it as I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling agitated, I'm feeling depressed. Right. In, in our very first episode, we kind of talked about all mental illnesses is very extreme moods, but they're so extreme, they interfere with your ability to live day-to-day life. And so when somebody with mental illness experiences sadness, it's so far out of the spectrum of a normal range of sadness that all the little things that make bring somebody else back in, into their happy place, so to speak, like the sadness with mental illness is too big. That's not going to work. It has to be brought into the normal range through medication and other types of management. And and then some of those things can work, but it's just too big. The These emotions are too big to be treated by others, you know, small day-to-day comparisons. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's very, you know, generic or general when it's like somebody saying, what do you do when your arm hurts? Like, uh... Well, last time my arm hurt, I put a Band-Aid on the scrape that was on my arm. So everybody, when your arm hurts, should put a Band-Aid on. Now, what if somebody has a broken arm? <laughs> Putting a Band-Aid on is not going to help, but the person's like, well, that helped me when my arm hurt. So the whole idea is just to realize they're different classes of things. And if people would stop uh, assuming that what works for them with their sadness is going to work for everybody else. Yeah. Just just recognizing how different the scope of mental illness is, how big it is, how heavy it is, how hard it is. If you have not experienced mental illness, like it's nothing, there's no way for them to know, but understand that you don't know and leave it at that. Yeah. And then my favorite is you just choose to be happy. Oh my gosh. Just somebody said that, you know, and happiness is a choice. And, you know, for some people that it is, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a place for that advice. Yeah. It's just not with it's the mental, not in illness, the mental warrior. illness realm. It's yeah. yeah. You, you could do another self-help, you know, a podcast or write a book on that and it will help some people, but that's not mental illness. So again, we were talking about, you know, cancer, you know, do we have cancer critics out there? Somebody that's like, cancer's not really a thing. What are you doing <laughs> chemotherapy for? That's not even real. That's not even Just real. try harder. Yeah. You don't have a lot of cancer critics uh, to, that I've seen. 
I mean, nobody, somebody would feel horrible, I think, if they became yeah. a cancer critic. Yeah. They would not feel good about themselves as a human being criticizing somebody with cancer. So we'd just like people who criticize mental illness to maybe shift in that category and feel terrible about themselves. So they change. <laughs> <laughs> But no, in, in all seriousness, so we got the three, the three categories, the cheerleaders, the bystanders, and the critics. So our, our whole purpose is hopefully if you are not a mental illness warrior, if you're a non-warrior, then you're one of these three. And we'd like to move everybody into the cheerleader category uh, as many as possible, because that's going to make a real difference. I mean, do you mm -hmm. think having more cheerleaders in your life is helpful? Absolutely. Because you can't rely on one person for everything. It's too much for the one person. You know, you need multiple people. I have, I have a lot of people in my life who reach out at different times and who do things at different times, but that I have a lot of help. And that's one of the things that makes the weight bearable for me is because I have a lot of cheerleaders in my life. Thank you. <laughs> and I guess the last, I'll let you wrap up with this, but I think, you know, having people embrace the fact that they're a warrior, the mental illness warriors out there. I mean, what, what would you say to people out there listening? How do you embrace that? Understand what it is. Like, understand it's a physical problem. Understand that getting up and getting through the day sometimes is a Herculean task. Like, it's so giant. It's give yourself credit for what you've done and for what you're currently doing. And know that it's not always going to be so hard. If it's really, really hard right now, just get to the end of the day. But it is not always going to be this hard. Hang in there. Well said. Think of yourself as a warrior or be a cheerleader. Poo-poo on the other two. <laughs> we don't want them. Don't be a critic. <laughs> nope. Don't be a bystander. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. As always, if you want to submit questions, you can submit them on Instagram at Thriving with Mental Illness or on Facebook, Mikkel Buck. Remember, there are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. We'll see you next time. See you next time.